0: What a nice anthem. Thank you very much, Kaya. And Simon, forgetfulness is contagious. (laughs) So be careful. (laughs) Let us hear the word. I didn't forget. The word is taken from John chapter 3 verse 8. The wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes to. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Just meditate on this. It's a beautiful passage. I love this verse uh, in the Bible. It is poetic and very uh, powerful. It has a very powerful message about uh, life. And I like to see my life uh, in this way too. You know, we are not just uh, bo- uh, uh, the flesh and bone. Uh, we have the Spirit. We are born of the Spirit. That's what uh, Jesus is saying. You are not born of the f- just flesh and bones. You are born of the Spirit. And Christians are those who recognize that we are born of the Spirit. And they call it born again. But that simply means born of the Spirit. Recognize that you are born of the Spirit. You're not just body. You have the Spirit. And Jesus describes what it looks like to live as a uh, person who is born of the Spirit. And he uh, visually uh, uses a kind of wind as an example to describe what that life is like. It is very interesting that he used the wind, uh, the word wind, because the word wind in Hebrew is ruah. Ruah can also mean the Spirit. So... Uh, same word, ruah, can both uh, be the wind uh, or uh, the spirit. So, uh, Jesus is talking about the uh, uh, the person's uh, life of the spirit like a wind. And he describes that. So, you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from and where it goes to. Uh, and then the, the wind chooses as it uh, wills. So, the wind blows. I mean here the word that what comes to my mind is, "You do not know that particular passage. You do not know." Uh, so as a person who's born of the spirit, you don't know everything. You recognize that you do not know." I mean, it's a very countercultural message. Uh, we are living in a culture where knowledge is very highly valued. Modern people love knowledge. They love to know. Look at the Google. I mean, the the way, uh, the reason they are so successful is because they can uh, quench the thirst of people's desire to know. So, uh, Google is growing. Uh, like, I mean, you punch in a few words or a few, few phrases, whole knowledge thing uh, comes down. Probably most likely in one page, the first page, you can find uh, what you want uh, if you uh, put the right word into it. There's a Korean drama called K2. And K2 is that there's a cloud nine. In cloud nine, there's a special room. When you go in there, not everybody can go in. Only a person who has a special privilege can go in. And then there's a special room inside. It's covered by windows. And then within it, you know, people are uh, talking outside. You cannot hear. And then there, you just ask any question. And the answers come with uh, all the description and pictures and everything. But that place is controlling center. From there, all kinds of conspiracy, all kinds of uh, things are happening. You know, we, modern people are obsessed with knowledge not to use knowledge for the benefit of humanity necessarily. More often, this, this knowledge is used to dominate, control, to uh, subdue others. That's why they want knowledge so much. Having knowledge is having control. You have to know exactly what's going on in your life. Otherwise, you will lose the control of your life. So you want to know so that you can control your life. And I realize that that is attribute of human beings right from the beginning. When you look at Genesis, the first sin that human beings made, committed, was the desire to know. And Satan used that desire to know. In other words, for them, for, uh, the desire to know is desire to control. This is what uh, uh, Satan uh, said to the first human being. You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good, and evil. So then knowledge, knowing, is to take control over their lives on their own. I think modern world has maximized the desire of the first human being to the extreme. The modern world nurtures the mind, but not the spirit. The mind without the spirit, I think it's very dangerous. It's like knowledge without love. When you have lots of knowledge without love, you know what that will do? It's very scary. You give so much knowledge to a person who has no love, you don't know what that person may do. With that knowledge. And when I look at modern world, it's like this. We keep nurturing mind, the knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. But we don't nurture love, compassion, mercy. These things we don't nurture. Then what will humanity become? You know, if they're ignorant, that's okay. But if they are so smart, so knowledgeable... And yet, they don't have love. That kind of world is a very scary world to me. You know, I thank God uh, that God is hidden to those who have desire to rule, control, and dominate. If you have that desire to rule, control, and dominate, you can never know God. God is hidden to you. Conceptually, you know God. But deep inside, you cannot, never know God. If you have so much desire to control over your life, you can never know God. You, can experience, you cannot experience God in that way because God, is, God hides himself to those who have this desire to control, dominate, and rule. Thomas Aquinas saw it right when he said, the extreme of human knowledge of God is to know that we do not know God. That's the extreme knowledge of human uh, knowledge of God. The only way for you to truly know God and experience God is to give up your desire to rule, control, and dominate. But come to the light with desire to love and serve, then you will know God. Otherwise, you can never know God. That's why I feel that in the modern world, the problem is people don't know God. We don't know God. We know God only in name. We don't truly experience God. We don't know God because we have so much desire to control over our lives. In that way, we can never know God. You know, as I look back, I had a few turning points uh, in my life that had shaped my life and made a big uh, change in direction. And those turning points were like uh, uh, moments that I saw light in a way and then changed the course of my life. And I don't think... I made those turning points. I don't think it was just purely my intellectual decision to live my life in a certain way. I think there was something in my heart at that time that led me to make that decision. And that something in the heart, I call it revelation. It is only to me, not to anybody else. It spoke to me personally. It was revealed to me. So it's not something I decided, but there's something else outside that planted that thought and, uh, in my heart. I do believe that you will uh, have that too in your life. At that time, I didn't know where my decision would lead me at that time. But when I look back, God used that miraculously to shape my life and to lead my life. It is wonderful when you look, uh, look back your life in that way. Oh, those turning points really shape my life. And you realize there is something more than your intellectual understanding. There is something more powerful that unravels your life. There is something more powerful that unfolds your life. So I do believe that life gets unfolded. Life is not something that you make decisions. Life gets unfolded as you live your lives. As you listen to your heart very carefully, then God has put something in that heart. And when you are able to read that, then life gets unfolded. And then you realize the mystery of life. Wow, that's wonderful. Even now, I don't know what, waiting for me, uh, ahead of me. Tomorrow, next year, or I don't know how many years, but I don't know what's ahead of me. But I have confidence that it's going to be all right because I have experienced last almost six, 60 years. And then I think I'll be all right. God will guide me. So I don't have much fear in that way. I have confidence not because I know. I have confidence because I believe. So even now, you have to learn to hear what's in your heart. If, you don't, if you're not able to hear what's in your heart, you can never be led by God. God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you. Don't ignore what God put in your heart. And sometimes we don't know life, and that's all right, even though we don't know life. But we need to hear what's in our heart, and then that mystery will be unfolded as you live your life. And then that's the freedom that you experience. Another phrase that comes to my mind is, the wind blows where it chooses. The wind blows where it chooses. I don't know exactly where the wind will blow. I don't know where it comes from or where it goes to. But I do know that the wind chooses its own course and i realized that god chooses his own way and i'm i have trust in god's choice i'm thankful that it's not my choice it is god's choice and god will decide where to blow just because i don't know where the wind the, uh, 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 what the wind does, that does not mean that the wind will stop blowing. On the surface, it may look like nothing is going on, but underneath, the wind continuously blows wherever it chooses. That is how God works. God moves where God chooses You know, often we get discouraged because of the outcome of our life. And often we get bothered by the uncertainties of the future. Often we get tired and drained because of the endless challenges. And often we are let down by our own shortcomings and failures. In spite of all that, God moves where God chooses. That's wonderful news. That's the good news. In spite of my shortcomings, in spite of the outcome so far, God chooses where he will move. When I look at the world around, uh, around me these days, I get quite discouraged. All the things that are going on, How many children must die for people to truly recognize the cruelty of war and the cruelty of human greed? How long? How many people have to die for humanity to recognize that we need to reconcile? We need to live in harmony. We need to love each other. How many people have to die for us to recognize that? Ezekiel, old prophet, long time ago, he cried out like this. Mortal, you're living in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see but do not see, who have ears to hear but do not hear. I believe that Bob Dylan was inspired by this passage. Bob Dylan is a singer, my, one, of, one of my favorite singers who just got Nobel Prize. When he got the Nobel Prize, all day I listened to Bob Dylan from the morning until the evening. You know, uh, He was a Jew, he was born Jew, uh, uh, but later he became a Christian. Uh, and uh, he has a lot of biblical image. And his songs reflect a lot of his biblical image. And I wish that we had people like Bob Dylan in our congregation. Why don't you guys write some songs? You know, beautiful songs. You can do that. And that's what I like to do. In our church, I like to sing songs that we uh, ourselves uh, made. Because that reflects our culture, our religiosity, our spirituality. You have a spiritual sensitivity. I hope that uh, you have some confidence and start writing songs. And so every Sunday we can uh, uh, sing uh, that song. And when he was, Bob Dylan, when he was 21 years old, only 21 years, you know, he sang this song. Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly before they are forever banned? Yes, and how many times can a man turn his head and pretend that he just does not see? Yes, and how many years must one man have before he can hear people cry? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Jason, write some songs, eh? <laughs> yes, amen. You know, when, the, when that song first came out, uh, people uh, asked me about the meaning of the song. And this was what Bob Dylan said. There ain't too much I can say about this song except that the answer is blowing in the wind. It ain't in no book or movie or TV show or discussion group. Man is in the wind and is blowing in the wind. We have many questions. We don't have answers. But the wind blows where it chooses. And the answer is in the blowing, in the wind. That wind is God. Rua. God chooses where it blows. When you, what you need to do is to surrender your life to God and let God lead you. That is life born of the Spirit. That's a revolutionary message. Life born of the Spirit is like life. In the wind, not the structured life like a modern corporate life, life in the wind. And the wind will blow where it chooses, and you follow and fly with the wind. I hope that you become free to be able to fly with the wind. Have courage, you'll be all right. Let us sing together.